Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. It is nine o'clock, but a cold chisel to kick things off this hour. Ben, another very good music choice from you, my good man. Oh, it's one of my favourite songs to uh, it's a open lovely song. any show, or any hour up with, actually. It's just fantastic. Uh, seeing, uh, well, Jimmy Barnes comes into the song later, but Ian Moss fronts the vocals at the start, and when you go see them in concert and he's there with his guitar, just smashing it away, it's just awesome stuff. Yeah, no, pretty good stuff indeed. One of Australia's better exports. Uh, look, telephone number is 0800 150 811. 0800 150 811. You can text us here on 8833. Right, I've just a couple of texts that have come in early, which I'll address first. Uh, I like this one from Dave. Dave just says, Hi, Mark and Ben. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Mark. Ended up going down the wormhole until ended up going down a wormhole very late. Watching and listening to Jordan Peterson, absolutely brilliant. Yes, yeah, so Jordan Peterson. I've encouraged people to have a listen to him if you just want to bring a bit of sense and bit of balance back to the far left and some of the sort of uh, wokeness and this identity politics that seems to be consuming society at the moment. If you want to listen to somebody just be able to articulate what you probably think and feel, I do recommend listening to Jordan Peterson. The left hate him. They'll classify him as dangerous, but only because he shuts down a lot of their arguments. Um, anyway, he I've um, he goes, and Dave continues to go, I have my doubts about the All Blacks. However, after another two weeks of Ryan and Schmidt influence, I'm expecting a commanding performance winning by 20 to 30 points. We know what Luke Jacobson can do, and apart from concussion, would have been the incumbent. So let's see what Hoskins can do. Yeah, big opportunity for Hoskins to do. Really big opportunity for Hoskins to do. He just hasn't played a lot of rugby, and that sort of scares me a little bit. Scares me a lot, in fact. So let's just have a look at this all-black team that has come out. So we've got Ethan DeGroot, Samasoni Takiaho, and Terrell Lomax. Not convinced on Terrell Lomax. Good, but not going to go down as a great. Still... I think inconsistent, still, I think, has got a lot to prove. Then we've got our two locks. On paper, legends of the game, metallic and white lock. Past the use by date in terms of athleticism. Bring the experience, and you do need a level of experience. So, and it's also a case of who else do you bring in if you're not playing those two. I guess my area of concern here is the loose forward trio. Scott Barrett. Now, well, that experiment didn't work at the nine at the 2019 World Cup, did it? I'm just not convinced on this guy. I think he lacks a bit of discipline at times too. Um, is he really that combative six like a Jerome Kano, like a Jerry Collins, like some of the greats that have played the game? Ian Kirkpatrick. Go back to the great Alan Wetton. Then you've got Sam Kane. Everybody suddenly thinks Sam Kane's this great player because he played well against an Argentinian team who'd probably been partying all week and in history have never put two good performances against a quality side back to back. I'll say this, the great sevens, when you go and have a look at Michael Jones, when you go and have a look at Josh Cromfeld, Richie McCaw, they're good every game, not one in six. Hoskins to do. Athletic, is he physical enough? Does he have that physicality? Does he have that mongrel? I guess it's how they use him. But like a lot of these All Blacks, he hasn't played really any rugby since the Super Rugby final. 
and nothing simulates a game like a game. Aaron Smith, not sure he's the player that he once was. Interesting, Steve Devine, former all at halfback, said he would start Finlay Christie in a heartbeat. Then you've got Mawanga, who's been inconsistent, particularly when sides have got up very flat, and also if this all-black team doesn't have ascendancy, the forward pack. This midfield, to me, is a makeshift midfield. I'm not convinced David Harvili is a 12. Again, inconsistent. I'll say this, Rico Awani, good against sides when they've dropped their head, but sides like Ireland, England, I think even Scotland and France show Rico Awani up at centre. To me, he's the best winger in the world and should be on the wing. Then you've got Will Jordan on the wing, wasted there, should be at fullback, and you've got Geordie Barrett at fullback. Your bench is Dane Coles, George Bauer, Fletcher Newell. I'm uh, not convinced on Fletcher Newell. I think it's a bit, bit of a Canterbury push, to be honest. Graham Patterson might be listening. You might want to call me on that one. Um, Akira Awani. Dalton Papalihi. Not a fan of Akira Awani. I think he's all show, no go. Bowden Barrett and Quinn Tupaya. I don't have too much of an issue with Tupaya. And Barrett as your backline cover. Are we going to beat Australia on Thursday night? I just think there are just too many holes on this side to suggest we will. However, it's easy to romanticise the great Australian sides of yesteryear. You know, Little and Horan, Larkham, Gregan. Those types of players. This is a fairly average Australian team in a fairly woeful Australian era of rugby but remember it was only two years ago they did beat us in a test and I think we drew in another one who was the coach Ian Foster they will get up for this one but they've also been shown a blueprint by Ireland by South Africa by Argentina by France last year on how you beat us really simple Dave's text, who thinks that because of Jason Ryan and Joe Schmidt, their influence will be the difference. And of course we do go and flog Australia in the splitters low. Foster will be smiling going, I told you so, but everyone else will know, look, at the end of the day, mate, this is Ryan and Schmidt. If we lose, it just reinforces to me that that's got nothing to do with Ryan and Schmidt. It just says to me we've got the wrong players and we just don't have the right players in this all-black team. And again, we're playing players out of position if you're really honest about it. What chance do you give us? 0800 150 811. And I know this sort of stuff gets done to death and sometimes I'm reluctant to do it. But I like to think at times I also put a different spin on things. But you look at the side, which is going to be arguably the nucleus of our World Cup team. There will be players coming back in, I'd imagine, Goodyear and Anton Leonard-Brown, who would be my midfield to start. Um, you know, you will hopefully have Blackadder come into the show, uh, come, come into the team at some point. Ethan Blackadder, who's just a remarkable talent, Ethan Blackadder. And so it can change. But you, you go back and you look at the great All Black teams. You know, I, I go back to 
the All Black sides of Sayolo Brown, Fitzpatrick, um, you know, Robin Brook, Craig Dowd, Ian Jones, Michael Jones at six, Zinzan Brook at eight, Josh Cromfeld playing in the seven jersey. It's a hell of a forward pack. You go back to 87, 88, and you look at Drake, Fitzpatrick, Steve McDowell, Murray Pierce, Gary Wetton, Alan Wetton, Michael Jones, Buck Shelford. And then you look at this team, DeGroote, Takiaho, Lomax. I think Takiaho will go on and have a very good career, but really, DeGroote, Lomax, Barrett, Kane, Satutu. Not convinced. Just not convinced at all. Just don't think we've got the cattle. I like David Haveli, but I think he's a fullback come utility. Everybody wants to see Will Jordan at fullback. Why not play Geordie Barrett on the wing and then swap them out when you need to, whether you're on offence or defence? Lines are open. Graham, good evening. Welcome. Oh, get out of here, my name being called. Yeah, I, out, I, so just, I just sort of not convinced. Oh, no, I'm not convinced on. Up, I'm not convinced on Fletcher Newell. Tell me why I should be. <laughs> well, I think it's early days. You know. Yeah, no, I, mean, I think I think that's right, Graham. You probably you probably won't uh, <laughs> see that as a justifiable defence. But yeah, I think you know, he, you know, he's got there on merit. You know, with his campaign with the Crusaders, and um, yeah, I think you know we're going to give give him a bit of a chance. I think Christchurch. The All Black forward's got a bit of a tickle up, but you know he's a he's a young guy. I think he's got huge potential, and um, I, I know you hate that word potential, but I think in his case you can genuinely say at international level, I think he's proven at super rugby level. And, and he comes in there, and I think he'll I think he's going to develop well. He's shown quite. I mean, in South Africa in that second test, he was you know outstanding. Was it off the bench? You know, when they after the flop in the the first test over there. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I think I think the issues are, are greater than than, than pro- probably him. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Look, and again, I, I agree with you on that. I mean, at the end of yeah. the day, he's not going to be the reason we end up losing this test, or he hasn't been part of the reason why we've lost tests. When you run through that starting fifteen, oh, and yeah, you look I, at this, yeah, well, I, what 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 troubles you? What what's what scares you a little bit about it? Because you, you just look at this team and there's just something about it that just still doesn't instill confidence in you. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, it's a, everyone talks about the inconsistency, you know, and that's one thing. But we realise that, you know, they, you know, they box themselves into a corner because they've also, you know, lost a few tests. And you know, I heard someone else say today, well, you know, that's why they, you know, were. You know, they're not making as you know as many, you know, Satuto, as you say, has, he's hardly played rugby, you know, and, um, you know, I hope he has a great game. You know, he certainly showed for the Blues at times, you know, that he's a good player, but, you know, you, you're going to miss Artie Severe, aren't you? You know, I mean, he's massive, and, you know, maybe against Australia, if they're lucky, they, they'll get away with it. I think against South Africa or France or Ireland, you know, um, they're not so, you know, and I think I mean I I know the Scott Barrett thing is contentious. I mean everyone points to that two nineteen World Cup, um, but I mean I think he has shown that he can. 
I mean, I think he is one player that can swap yeah. between lock and blind. I mean, Andy Earl, so you mentioned those guys. I mean, Andy Earl used to do that yeah, for Canterbury but, and the All Blacks. But I, yeah, um, I, I guess my problem with this team is, Graham, and they, they've sort of brushed off the losses, again, all in the name of the World Cup. And I, I mentioned the great yeah. sixes that have played in the All Black jersey. And I think Ethan Blackadder is arguably the biggest loss this year for the All Blacks. And well, hopefully he does get back because I think he is the type of six that we do want. He is that confrontational. He is that... You know, he has a little bit of that mongrel in him. He just doesn't stop. Um, I just, yeah, I'm sorry. I just don't see it in Scott Barrett. I think he's. I think it's a nice little uh, fix it. But yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. I mean, you're right. I mean, because I mean, he played well in that first test against Ireland, which I think was a bit of a false dawn. You know, everyone thought the All Blacks yeah. were brilliant it, it, at Eden Park. Um, the All Blacks very rarely lose there. Uh, in, in such a long was it 1994? Yeah, the last time. And um, but yeah, I agree about Ethan Blackadder. I mean, you know, and, and Cullen Grace. I mean, people can say oh, well, I've been one eye, but I think they put the they had, they had the scores on the board to use a cricket uh, analogy with the Crusaders mm. this year. And Ethan got you know knocked out in the semi, and he had a great season for the All Blacks last year. And then Cullen Grace, I think, would have been on the Northern tour yeah. if he hadn't been in there now. But you know, he's gone yeah. now, so no, and he's a good he's a good line out option. Yeah, too, but I, they're I, not available. Cullen Grace is just a guy I'd like to see. I'm, uh, again, I'm another one that I'm not 100% convinced. I just, I don't yeah. know, I look at their size and I just wonder whether they're big enough or physical enough. And, and I'm not convinced on Hoskins Atutu still, you know, because for the same reasons. Yeah, well. But you've got to give these guys the chance to see because we have seen a lot of guys um, over the years, um, you know, Mark Mayer, Hoffler, and I don't want to pick on Canterbury, uh, but there have been a number of players that, uh, Daryl Gibson, another one, um, that, I think we're really, really good at super rugby level, but just didn't quite bring that form through to all black level. And, but you want to give these guys that opportunity, don't you? And when we've dropped so many bloody tests, um, it's disappointing that we sort of stick with the same core group of players who are yet to prove to me that they've got the ability to lift themselves mentally week in, week out. Well, I think the, the original squad was, was picked badly before the Irish series and, and when when you know Grace, we I mean you you're unconvinced, but he didn't make it. You know when they picked the team to go to South Africa, I was quite surprised because I think you know, and that's like the Will Jordan thing at fullback. I mean Jordy Barrett. Don't get me wrong, I think he does a lot of things great, but I think I'm unconvinced about his all-round game at fullback. I mean he's a great goal kicker. He does the high ball very well, but Will Jordan, you see him at fullback. On the wing, he's wasted. You know, I think Ben Smith was quoted as saying he's a he's a fullback that can play wing. You know, but but Ben Smith knows a bit yeah, about. Yeah, but this. see, this is this is what I just talk about. You know, you, you run through the side and you've got Kane, Satudu, Barrett at six. You've got Will yeah. Jordan playing on the wing. You got Havili at second five. You've got Rico Wani at centre. It just looks too makeshift to me. It just looks like let's take the best players and find a position on the park. And how many times has that historically got us into trouble? You know, Christian Cullen back in '99 playing at centre. Leon McDonald playing yep, at centre yeah, in yeah, 2003. Yeah. Jerome. Kano playing at lock when we lost to Ireland in 2017. Um, we've lost a lot of tests already with this group of guys. I just, I scratch my head and go, why can't you guys realise that it doesn't work? It might work sometimes, but it will get us into trouble. Well, that's right. And, you know, it's been a great, I think coaching, a lot of it is selection, you know, and that's, and that, I mean, it might sound like one plus one equaling two, but it actually is true. People think it, it's not, you know, that is inspiring the team. But when you got players, 
Yeah, I mean, Rick, look, Rick Aguimani did his. Oh, I mean, I rubbished him at centre. I don't think he should be at centre, but he did. He played well, you know, and I had to acknowledge that as someone had criticised that selection. But I still don't think that's his best position. I agree with you. No, Graham, when you come up against an England or a French team in a World Cup quarterfinal, semi final, we were up in our face, and suddenly we've got to go to a plan B. And there's not the room there for Rico Awani. Uh, I guarantee most people sitting on their couches will be going, "Where's Jack Goodyear? Where is Jack Goodyear when you need him?" Yes, well, it look, like, well, I've heard no more updates there. Um, uh, yeah, it looks like I mean, hopefully he'll be back. I heard an operation. I've heard people have seen him out walking around, but I mean, I don't know what what his yeah. status is at the moment. But yeah, it is a real shame because you know. And it, um, you know, obviously Anton Leonard Brown's due back for Waikato, I've heard too. So, um, but yeah, Jack Goodyear was a huge loss. But um, yeah, number thirteen, you know, it's um, your comrade Smith and that we talk about well, those guys and you know they're great players. And well, and well, Graham, they talk them. they talk in rugby league about um, having a spine. You know, your sort of your fullback and your halves and your hooker. Uh, I think in you, you know all black teams have had great sevens. They've had great centres. Um, and they've had great hookers, and you can argue great fullbacks. And I'm not sure at the moment, maybe outside of hooker, I don't think we tick any of those boxes. Hey, Graham, lovely to have you on the program. Thank you for phoning as always. Do appreciate it. Man is a passionate man, loves his Canterbury, and I admire him for that, mate. Um, Dean, good evening. Welcome. Yeah, I've... Um listen to that all-black team, and to be fair, I'm scratching my head, like, if Rich, if Richard Mwanga is picked as our first five and goal kicker, and after the last two tests, so he should be, the goal kicker, I don't understand why Geordie Barrett has to be in the starting 15. Like, for me, honestly, he's a Clydesdale at fullback. Like, he doesn't do anything wrong, but he just doesn't do anything. Like, it's the best attacking position on the field. He doesn't do anything. Yeah, and, and how yeah, and how often how often um, do you see Will Jordan in every Super Rugby game? That guy just turns nothing into something. That guy just seems to be able to make the breaks. And, and I agree with you. I think that Geordie Barrett's solid, but is the All Blacks about percentages when it comes to fullback? Historically, it hasn't been, has it? Absolutely. Like I'm going to lose a couple hundred dollars to a few mates because I I said I. Well, Jordan will be the all-black fullback this year and he'll get international player of the year. But I just don't get... It's almost like Mr Foster's got short man's disease and won't admit any decisions that he's made could be wrong. Like, cause this test against Australia, like, there's no need to have... Geordie Barrett's the perfect reserve. He covers every position in the back line. Personally, I'd love to see him have a go at 13, not 12, 13. That'll never happen because he's just going to keep starting at fullback. Yeah. Oh. And when he does score and do his stuff for the All Blacks, he's crashing off short balls. And when Will Jordan does his stuff for the All Blacks, he's coming in the back line out wide. Like you're giving him the best attacking force in New Zealand rugby, a third of the ground, when he should have three thirds. Yeah, but, but see, make- see, Will Jordan, this is what I don't like about this Ian Foster selection mentality. He he knows how good Will Jordan is, so he's got to have him on the park. But if you're not going to play him at fullback, don't put him at wing. You're better to put Sevi Reese. You're better to put 
Leicester Whanganuku on there. You're better to put a guy on who actually understands that position. And and then again, you know, you look at you, you look at Sam Kane and you go, well, we've got to put, find a place for Sam Kane. I love Sam. We'll play him at seven. Well, he's not the best seven though. So if he's not the best seven, don't play him at all. But this is what I'm saying. We're just trying to get these players and trying to get them on the field and put them somewhere. And doing that doesn't work. Yeah, why are we doing that though? Like it doesn't because we've got an inept Dean. We've got an inept coach who thinks he's now bigger than the game, who should resign. Oh, I've been saying that for, for years, months. He should have been got rid of twelve years. Well, ago. he should like, never have been employed. Time. Yeah, absolutely. When Richard Lowe comes on TV and says he didn't win an under nine club competition, it sort of says it all. Like he's been on the shirt tails of everyone else for everything he's ever won, but it doesn't matter. He is what we've got. But surely other people around him can say, what are you doing here? Like, it's a, it's a national game, you know? Oh, like, no, another no. thing that concerns me is I don't think the all-black jersey is a 12-year job anymore. They're, they're playing the last two series, Argentina and South Africa. Like the Warriors, they're turning up when they're going to get the sack. Well, that's not what we expect. They're, they're just looking after that jersey. No, no, Someone look. else comes up. Yeah, look, Dave, uh, 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 sorry, look, Dean, I'm going to have to um, move on, but just picking up on that point, look, the All Blacks, to me, it's always been about setting the standard, setting the benchmark, setting the evolution, writing the book everybody else reads, and once the rest of the world's read that book, we've already written the next one, we've already evolved, and this is probably the first time in our history there's been the odd little blip where we haven't progressed, and I think since 2017, we just haven't progressed at all, Um, and there's nothing cutting edge about Ian Foster, and if things do start to change, again, it just reinforces how good Ryan and Schmidt are, probably more Schmidt. And it'll also then just highlight how bad Ian Foster is, but it'll all get a bit muddled and Ian Foster said, hey, I just needed time. Well, really, did you need time or did you just need the right smarts to come alongside of you? Hey, Dean, lovely to have you on the programme too. Love that great southern sort of rolling of the R's as well. Great accent. 22 and a half minutes after nine, you're listening to SEZ. Telephone number is 0800 150 Dave, up next, there is a spare line for the first time tonight. 27 minutes after nine, little river band from Ben Francis there. Bringing you all the music this hour. We are taking your calls on 0800 150 Your chance to have your say on this all-black team. I don't know, man, I just... You know, I was just thinking about the 2015 side and what did you have in that team? You had Woodcock, Franks, uh, Kevin Mialamu. You had the current locks who were actually at the peak of their powers. Then you had, what, McCaw, Kaino, Kieran Reid, Dan Carter, Manonu, Conrad Smith. And then you had a combination of outside backs and including Julian Savia, Ben Smith at fullback. Um, you know, a hell of a side, really, in contrast to what we're currently looking at. Uh, Dave, good evening. Welcome. G'day, um, that Jordan Peterson was very, very good. I enjoyed, uh, I ended up listening to nearly an hour and a half of different things, but he's very good. Hey, uh, we also had Nini uh, Yeah, I, 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 was, I was just having a mental block on Nihi Milner Scudder, and that's why I couldn't quite get it out. But, of course, he scored that great try in the World Cup final, didn't he? Yep, and then Bodie, Bodie scored one coming on as replacement after Dan Carter kicked the uh, left-footed drop goal. I was that twicking him that day, that night. It was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Hey, um, 
Foster's never going to change this team. I don't know what, if it's his personal pride, but Will Jordan's the closest thing we've ever had to Christian Cullen. As we know, Artie will probably get, he'll be nominated for IRB Player of the Year, even though he's playing out of position. Um, and here's the thing. The last time we won the under-20s was six years ago, and Geordie Barrett was playing 12. Mm. Under Razor Robinson, you know, and so he has played, you know, 12, but he Foster just doesn't want to play or whatever it is. I think one game a year it should be uh, the majority team, and just to see how it goes, you know. And I am I am hoping we see um, Smith and Ryan's influence. They've had two good weeks now before they were in between, so they've had two good weeks to drill what, what kind of game plan they want into them. And, um, geez, the Aussie team is very weak, you know. Yeah, but, very... in, but an Australian team, I mean, you know, you, you're right. And against that side I mentioned, you know, that 2015 side, you, you'd be going, well, the All Blacks by how many? You'd be that confident we'd get the job done. But as I said, you look at this All Black team, and I think it's a weak All Black team. And so is it economies of scale? Uh, look, in regards to Joe Schmidt, and Ryan, I'll be, you know, if we do lose this game, it's nothing to do with those guys. As I said, we just got players out of position. I just don't think we've got the cattle. But what I think will be fascinating, the influence they have on the selection of this team for the Northern Hemisphere Tour, because I think you'll see some new names come in. I think Joe Schmidt probably sees the playing landscape in New Zealand probably slightly different, as does Ryan. Yep. And they're not too... They haven't got the involvement with the players. You know, when you're assistant coach, you know, he's, he's everybody's buddy for the last eight years. Mm. And I don't think he can, you know, be that guy. And what you were talking about, players in position, we had Marty Holler, we had Nick Evans. We didn't play them, even though they were very, very good. We didn't find a position for them. No. We played Dan and Richie, you know, and they had to go Jimmy Goppett, another mm. guy. Very, very good, still playing. But we didn't fit them in just for the for the sake of fitting them in. And that's what we're doing now. Yeah, no, look, I, and I agree, history will prove. Every time we do it at the big dance, we've got to have a drama. How many games have we lost? How many games have we lost with this sort of makeup? Um, the problem is, you know, this, the disappointing thing for me is that we benchmarked everything's okay because we beat Argentina in the second test. You know, it's like, yeah, but a good side doesn't lose the first test. A good side doesn't lose two tests to Ireland at home. A good side... You know, well, look, I, I think it's, you can probably drop a test in South Africa, never easy place to play. Um, a good side doesn't go to the end of the year tour last year and get beaten by Ireland and France. And they don't drop tests to South Africa last year in this part of the world. They don't, you know, lose tests to Argentina the year before and drop a test to Australia the year before. No, and then we use the excuse they're tired. You go and play French top 14, someone like um, Tawera Curbalo. Played something like 42 games last year between yeah. his club rugby and Heineken Cup. 42 games, you know. He's not tired. No, we've dumbed it down and we tell the players now that that's, how, that that's what the benchmark is. It's just a load of crap. As I've said, Dave, you know, I come from a completely different sporting background, mate, and these guys would learn yeah. a thing or two, mate. They've got no idea about how spoiled and how, how actually unhard they do it. I, I was actually out at College Rifles the other day and I was watching the Auckland women's team train 
and I've heard all the stuff and the rhetoric, and I'm not picking on women, it's because the guys are just as bad, but I've heard all the rhetoric about, oh, we need to get paid because, you know, it's so time-consuming and, you know, we just don't have the time for jobs. And I looked at them and thought, what do you mean you don't have a time for a job? Is this your definition of a world-class training session? Because I know guys who would have no problem handling what you guys are doing tonight. And, you know, and, and just the myth and the crap and the wool that's pulled over our eyes and how they con us about how tough life is. Uh, they've got no idea, none whatsoever. Yeah, yeah see how they're going at the 60K mark in the middle of the bush with your compass, not knowing where you are. Oh, but just, just our, just our <laughs> cyc- cyclists, the orienteers, I mean, just a lot of those things. Um, Michael, can I just ask you a question here, mate? Did you... Oh, sorry, Dave, my apologies. Uh, Dave, can I just ask you a question here? Did you take any interest in the naming of the Black Ferns team today? Yeah, a little bit. I listened to it. I listened to it. I listened to uh, Dr. Farah Palmer to read the team out. Some of the names I didn't know. Um, I'm a bit annoyed that the whole thing's up up north, you know. Like if, if they wanted to take the game and grow it, they need to take it around the country like uh, they yeah, did but, with the but, Women's Cricket World Cup. But I, I, I think if they take it around the country, I think it might it might demonstrate what a lot of people think, that perhaps the importance of it is not quite as big as perhaps they like to sell it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you buy a ticket to go and watch one of the – you're getting three games. I mean, that opening – the opening of the Rugby World Cup, there are three games you can watch at Eden Park for the price of one ticket. And so you expect the crowd to come in because you're going to get three games. But, you know, it's also a way of, I think, saving a little bit of face in terms of, um, yeah, perhaps – how it would go if it was just individual games on their own, i.e. if New Zealand wasn't playing, I don't think anyone would turn up to some of these games. <laughs> no, I think you're right, mate. Oh, I'm true, Dave. Right. I just get annoyed that it's all, you know, that the importance has been manufactured due to this political environment. As I've said, I love women's sport, love the soccer, uh, love a lot of swimming. Uh, I'd love to see our track and field athletes, women track and field athletes, uh, women's tennis, yeah. uh, women's netball. But it's just allowed to organically grow. Where I've got to, you know, for some reason, yeah. for some reason, with this, just we've got to push, push, it. push. We've got to make sure that we've got equality because, you know, the relationship between man and women throughout the entire two thousand years of our existence has been one of domination, and it's been one of uh, the male patriarchy dominating, you know, women, which which is just an absolute load of rubbish. But but yeah, yeah. N- now we're playing catch up. People should go and watch um, Jordan Peterson oh, uh, mate, debate that back. The guy, it's the, very, very interesting. I mean, and it, do you know what's good about him, Mark? He doesn't um or ah. He's a very clear speaker and very easy to engage with when he's talking. And he, because it's precise and concise and it's you know on point. And he never, ever gets rattled. And he's got some of the no. best female interviewers in the world challenging him on things. And he just, by the end of it, they were a quivering mess in the corner because he's so damn articulate. <laughs> Dave, lovely to have you on the program, mate. You take care. I do appreciate it. Thank you. It is 24 minutes away from 10 o'clock.